This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to episode 156, part five, ladies and gentlemen, part five. And as you know, we tag these episodes because uh, Apple has decided to no longer play these uh, parts in order for us ladies and gentlemen all right let's pick back up with this video this is the next server farms the first minute and a half was in uh part four folks part four all right let's pick up where we left off it transfers from heat from here to the water here and it gets expelled it's like air conditioning exactly exactly the Nautilus barge is an attempt to solve a problem most people didn't even know existed. Every year we use more data, and every year the number of data centers grows. This sound? That's the sound of electricity being sucked from the grid. In 2000, before streaming companies like Netflix, data centers accounted for 1% of U.S. power consumption. By 2015, that number tripled. For every unit of energy that goes into powering IT in a average data center, you need another unit of uh, energy to cool the data center down. Piergel Forge studies tech sector efficiency. Turns out most data centers aren't efficient at all. Data centers are designed to handle peak load, but they're constantly cooled like every day is Cyber Monday. The problem is the other 364 days in the year they're still running all the servers. They're not powering them down even when they're not needed. That's because most people who run corporate data centers aren't responsible for how much energy their IT systems use. They're judged on reliability and speed. Facebook has become an integral part. You'd think the villain in the black hat would be the internet giants like Facebook. Now, now let me just point this out here. Uh, it's a good... Um teaching moment as maria albanese co-host of the thomas Paine podcast on fridays would call it if the governments right if the state a collection of the governments were really about ending climate change and they truly believe the fossil fuels and the emission of co2 was destroying the planet and creating climate change do you not think that they would have banned all this stuff a long time ago. They would have put an end to it. They would have said uh, technology and uh, internet, internet of things and devices and data sensors and everything. 
are destroying the planet. We just can't do this. We can't consume all this energy. We can't consume all this electricity. We can't continue to manufacture and produce all the plastics and refine all the metals and the natural resources needed to build this sort of a technological infrastructure. We just can't have it. So we're coming together at the global summit, or we're coming together at the World Economic Forum or the UN Climate Council. We're coming together at the United Nations, this collection of all-powerful men who are concerned with climate change. We're calling for all this to end. Instead, what happened? The government here in the United States created the Internet. Uh, We rolled it out through America Online into all the homes. Uh, We funded all these front companies like Facebook, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, IBM, and the rest of them. We give them money. We give them contracts. I mean, the CIA and NSA have tens of billions of dollars of contracts with Amazon, with Microsoft, with Oracle, with Google, with the rest of these folks to house all of our intelligence data. What's the intelligence data? The data being collected through all of the data sensors in the prison planet you live in. You're focused on the smart city, right? The smart city is a microcosm of the smart planet. Because everything you've already been doing for 20 years on your smartphone is already collected, housed, analyzed, processed, etc., etc. So they're obviously not calling to ban it all and to resolve these problems with the supposed energy consumption and everything else because they're the ones that created it. So the state is not obviously concerned, nor are all of the front organizations You know, the climate councils and the climate nonprofit this and the so-called Sierra group that and all this other stuff that's funded by uh, given tax incentives by the state that were all set up and or eventually controlled by the Rockefellers, the same bankers that fund all of this stuff. It would all end. This is why the ESG stuff is a complete and total joke, because they would call for an end to it. They would say, this is, this is not going to work. We can't sustain exponential growth of the manufacturing and the powering of the data centers needed to run this new technological world. No, instead, what are they doing? They're rallying behind their marketing arm, the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari in the gang. And they are saying, no, we're moving forward into the fourth industrial era. You know, we are going to merge biological us, physical, the buildings, the infrastructure, and digital, all this stuff that they're building, and housing in the data centers. We're going to merge it all together. So clearly, they have a plan of how they're going to accomplish this. They're not going to run out of energy. They're not going to run out of the parts needed and the resources needed and the metals needed and the silicone needed and all this stuff to build the prison planet. Because if you believe that they are powerful enough, if you believe that the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds or the Illuminati or the lizard people, if you believe, or in some cases, folks would say the, uh, the Jewish folks, whatever it may be, if you believe that they are smart enough, intelligent enough, cunning enough, psychotic enough, powerful enough to rule the entire world and to put us under a technological prison planet and then to depopulate a bunch of us, 
If you believe they can achieve that, then you'd have to believe that they are smart enough to have their architecture, their blueprints, their engineering, their plans in place. I just can't imagine they're going to run out. What happens? They start building a building, and then they're going to say two years in, we ran out of materials, we can't build it. But the building was the place they were going to lock us all in and put us inside of a prison. So they treated us like crap. They poked us and prodded us and made fun of us and spit on us for five years while they're building it. We're ready to explode and burn their mansions down. And then they go, "Uh uh-oh, we ran out of material. We can't finish building this prison to lock you in and then the people finally revolt because they realize that the elites that were abusing them are weak and we burn their mansions down i just don't see that scenario happening because i give these psychopaths a little more credit if they were able to do what they did and they're able to build this whole thing and they're able to corral us into the concentration camp which is now just called everyday life if they're able to do that to control everything, to consolidate and centralize and monopolize industry, you know, healthcare, government, education, uh, legal, all this stuff. They're able to accomplish that. How can I actually believe that they're going to run out of the materials and the energy and everything else needed to finish closing the doors of the electronic prison planet? I, I just can't. I just can't wrap my head around that. Uh, I could be wrong. But if they really knew they were going to run out of energy or they really knew they were polluting the planet to the point that it was going to be a detriment to them themselves, you know, they were going to kill themselves with climate change, then I think they would have pulled the plug on this and they would have got all their puppets out there the same way they always do. And they would have called for an international ban. They would have done something else. So uh, that, that's just where my head is right now. They are obviously moving forward with this. They are continuing to build the prison planet. And they have to have some goal in mind where this is going to go, I would imagine. Now, I, I do believe there's a whole progressive mentality behind this. This has something to do with the wiring of certain people's DNA, because I do believe it's humans driving this, where maybe like old school progressivism, I mentioned Saul Linsky here, that they just keep going and going and going and eventually it ends with the engineering of humanity out of existence i believe that's part of it but at the same time this stuff the construction the infrastructure the architecture the engineering i do believe they have this part of it uh figured out folks i i believe they know where they're going with this they have a goal in mind and so i don't think they're just going to run out of steam Uh, in the middle of it and then say surprise we can't finish building the prison planet this has to go somewhere this has to have a purpose to it if they are doing all this work to roll out central bank digital currency and they have partnerships with visa and mastercard and all the financial institutions and the regulated non-financial institutions there has to be a reason for it There has to be a goal in mind. There has to be some uh, vision they have. And I've had people say to me, well, you know, they could maybe do it in a city. Or I've said, you could build this kind of a system inside of a biodome with 10 people, 12 people, 15 people. They say, how are they going to do it with seven and a half or eight billion people worldwide? Well, we also know 
that these folks have plans in mind to get rid of 50%, 75%, 90% of uh, those of us here on the planet. We've heard numbers as low as bringing it down to 500 million, you know, from 8 billion to 500 million. We've heard 50%, so getting rid of, so maybe that's part of the plan. And then they're not going to use as much energy. They're not going to use as many of the resources. This is why they know they can't build as many EV cars because they're not actually going to need all that. And I've had people say to me, you know, they need the EV cars, but they don't have the metals to build it. Well, look at the plans for technocracy, not just going back 100 years ago to Technocracy Incorporated, but all the way to today in some cities where they don't have cars. People are going to be walking, riding bicycles on scooters. And the ultimate plan is to lock us inside of our pod prison cell apartments. And we don't leave the house. Everything gets delivered to you. You know, everything comes via Amazon to your doorstep. That's part of the model. If you read Klaus Schwab's book, The Force Industrial Revolution from 2016, which is just this annual report on the updates on the technology that's in the works, where they're at with it, where they're going with it. They even talk about 3D printing. You know, there's plans, I've looked at them online, to actually have us 3D print in our house most of the stuff we need. Like, I need a coffee cup, I'll 3D print it. Then I take the coffee cup, I jam it back into the 3D printer, it recycles that material and prints me a spoon or a fork or whatever it may be. See, they have a vision in mind and they're actually building towards this this is why i say you know for me at least for me at least i'm going to attempt to exit the system and maybe buy 5 10 15 years and sit up on a hill in uh, west virginia and watch the world burn uh from the nosebleed seats <laughs> i mean that's where i'm going with this folks i i just don't think that this is a giant clusterfuck uh, I think they have it planned. I I think they do have a vision. There is a roadmap. These organizations, these companies, these investments, these models do not exist for nothing. Uh, that's just my honest, truthful opinion on this stuff. And I've looked at a lot of it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I need a short break. When we come back, let's finish this video. Uh, we're going to get through the rest of this data. We're going to watch the video from a year ago on Amazon's massive data center because we want to see what the newest data centers look like. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain. Dot TV slash gold. I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, folks. And we are dissecting the heart and brain of the worldwide technocracy, the data centers, the server farms, folks. I'm going to jump back into this video now. We're going to try to finish this one up. Again, this is called The Next Server Farms. This is from seven years ago. So they're starting to talk about Facebook here. Let's continue. To handle the company's one trillion page views each month, Facebook operates several server farms, some of which are about the size of six football fields. 
but big companies have big energy bills, so they have an incentive to cut the amount of power their data centers use. Facebook, for example. Over the last year or so, it's figured out how to save $2 billion. We open up the, the window on one side and blow the hot air out. We open up the door on the other side and bring in cool air from outside. It turns out these massive companies aren't really the problem. The cloud computing companies like Facebook, Google and others, they're only responsible for but collectively about 5% of all data center energy use. It may be counterintuitive, but it's the hundreds of thousands of small, ordinary companies that account for half of the energy used by data centers. Okay, see this? So this is the push seven years ago uh, to convince small companies, medium-sized companies, these folks running servers at their own offices right a rented warehouse space or whatever to shut down their servers right because they are energy abusers and to move it over to these massive data centers to put your data your information your files your client information your customer information to move it over to these data centers controlled by six to twelve major international conglomerates all right so this was the beginning of the push to do that because they only account for five percent these cloud computing companies five percent of the overall energy used in the data center market it's the small guys that are abusing the system and using 95 percent. so this is the beginning of the push to move folks over here we go new servers are generating less heat modern data centers are being cooled more efficiently but the problem is the progress is being outpaced by the you know, rapid growth of the industry. The thing that worries him, the thing that keeps many in the industry up late at night, is a theory called the Jevons Paradox. When technology improves energy efficiency, consumption doesn't go down, it actually goes up. Wendy? <laughs> so what about the cloud then, uh, Kim? I mean, that's an increasingly popular option. Could it be used to help limit the power usage? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. The thinking is if companies can store their data remotely on the cloud, well, they can get <laughs> rid of a lot of that data center infrastructure. But that solution isn't for everyone. Many companies and institutions like hospitals, for example, are legally required to protect the confidentiality and security of their data. So they wouldn't be able to trust an off-site cloud-based company. But for many small and medium-sized companies, it would definitely reduce the number of idle servers out there that robot army of close to 15 million strong waiting for orders that rarely ever come One see that folks see that so that is the uh, push right there seven years ago to convince uh, or to start the narrative right uh, the propaganda to get the small and medium-sized companies to move all of their data over to the cloud computing solution. So the big players, the government partners, uh, run by the oligarchs, uh, the technocrats out there, move your data over to there because they're more efficient, right? You are a polluter if you're running one server out of your basement, but if you join the big guys, then you'll be okay then you'll be okay. Otherwise, down the line, we're going to give you a carbon credit violation. You're going to have to buy carbon credits from Amazon, who runs efficient data centers. And you, the little guy with a little server in your uh, 
dentist's office, you're going to have to buy a carbon credit from Amazon. See, that was the beginning of that call. This is consolidation of the data. Now, it is my opinion, it is my opinion, uh, at least the direction this is going, and this is sort of the idea of Web3 in the metaverse, and this is what I asked Glenda yesterday about, will all the data, let's say all the data in the world, there's a lot of data, let's say, sitting on my computer, right? Or let's say I store some data in my Google business account, or I have some data stored on my Dropbox account or in my Apple account. Those are cloud services. But then I also have data sitting on my computer and my hard drives, the new hard drive I bought. Will there be a point in time in which all the data is connected and artificial intelligence, you know, either through the form of Glenda or artificial intelligence run by the United States government in a program similar to what Edward Snowden, love him or hate him, talked about a decade ago. Will there be a point in time where AI can delve into all of that data, get access to all of it, all right? And if the government can do that, then they could create a pretty clear picture of who you are, I am, everything else. They can run anything they want. And that, I believe, is the direction it's going. I don't believe, I'll be honest with you, because there's people that talk about they need laws and regulations and things and this and that. I don't believe that government operates on this book of supposed laws and regulations that we see. I, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. So they, in my opinion, are dipping into... A large portion of this data already. Uh, most of the stuff that we see, they roll out, uh, in, in, and then they actually have something that's 20 years more advanced. I believe that is the case. Um, like, not hidden technology necessarily, but when they roll out chat GPT, that's probably something that was developed eight years ago, 10 years ago. Just like we see Elon Musk with Neuralink showing... Uh, putting the chip inside of a monkey's head and having it play Pong inside its brain, we know that at least 15 years ago, DARPA was doing that already with monkeys. And then they send Elon Musk out there to roll it out, to popularize it, to bring it to the consumer market and to make it hip and to make it cool. All right, let's get back over to techjury.net. I want to go through the data center uh, market share, and then we're going to get into this final video inside Amazon's massive data center. Uh, this is number 15. North America has over 40% share of the global data center market. The majority of all data centers, 33%, are located in the United States, 5.7% in the United Kingdom, 5.5% in Germany, 5.2% in China, 3.3% in Canada, and 3.4% in the Netherlands. See, we have 33%, folks. I told you, we're the exporter of uh, technocracy. Uh, I showed you the Marshall Plan, where America had these post-World War II plans already to push America mass consumption and mass production into Europe before the war even ended. We are the exporter of technocracy. Uh, number 16, Equinox has the largest share, 13% in the co-location data center market. Digital Reality and NTT are in second and third place with market shares of 11 and 6% respectively. 
It's, uh, it goes on to say enterprise data center stats. These stats highlight the transformation in processes and services provided by data centers at an enterprise level. Number 17, cloud services is the most significant trend for data center providers. Data center services include infrastructure, cloud and hosting, networks, consulting, and virtualization. The shift in cloud services for enterprises has benefited data center giants such as AWS, that's Amazon Web Services, Google Cloud, and Microsoft Azure. So we're looking at the data from uh, this 2023 report. All right, this is published in February 2023 with basically uh, data up to date by uh, 2022. Uh, and right here, they're talking about exactly what we just saw in the video going back seven years, that there was a big push to move, all right, to move all of the private servers over to the cloud. And we're seeing this, the cloud service growth. This is why I spent a whole show explaining to you how the cloud industry works. Uh, number 18, spending on enterprise data centers in 2020 reached $89 billion. Enterprises spending on cloud services has been growing exponentially. It reached $89 billion in 2020, driven by the demand for modern database solutions, storage, and networking. All right, number 19, corporate data center trends show that by 2025, 75% of data creation and processing will be outside the range of traditional and cloud data centers. All right, let's say that again because it's important. Corporate data center trends show that by 2025, 75% of data creation and processing will be outside the range of traditional and cloud data centers. Decentralization will be instrumental in utilizing power resources and space for remote asset managers. The need for decentralized infrastructure to handle data remotely through intelligent equipment, sensors, and monitoring is growing every day. This technology makes remote data center locations such as uh, Antarctica possible. All right. So this is important. And we're going to look more into this uh, because I have notes on this for future episodes. Uh, we're going to look at this. This is like the floating barges. They're talking about these remote centers in Antarctica, uh, supposedly decentralized infrastructure, which we're going to get into and explain that as well. And they talk about this uh, intelligent equipment sensors and monitoring. This is all IoT related stuff. And this is why they're putting a lot of the 5G replicators around. And there's plans to literally store data in different IoT devices and be able to share that data so that you're walking around with a hard drive in your pocket that's sharing data up. It, it gets complex, but as I said, they have the architecture, they have the engineering, they have the blueprints for how this whole prison planet system is actually going to work. And we're going to slowly unravel it over several episodes, as I mentioned earlier. I'm going to try to explain it all to you so you have a clear picture of what the blueprint of this prison looks like, this prison that these psychopaths are building around us. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. We'll wrap up this article. We'll get into the Amazon Massive Data Center video. I'm Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. 
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 